Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We're two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Tia Williams, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meredith Hine. Thanks for tuning in today, and we hope that your January is off to a great start. With college football wrapping up, and who really wants to watch the championship game on a Monday night anyway? Hashtag bitter. <laughs> We're excited to turn our attention to basketball, and even more excited to welcome Caroline Rice, who is a writer for the Ozone, as well as a student sideline reporter for the Big Ten Network, covering men's and women's basketball, as well as men's soccer. Welcome, Caroline. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. So before we jump right in, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a sports journalist and reporter here in Columbus, Ohio. Actually, Columbus, born and raised. I'm also a senior at Ohio State, so I'll graduate in May with a Bachelor of Arts in Public Affairs Journalism and a Spanish minor, and then a Bachelor of Science in Education Sport Industry. And actually, after graduation, I will be headed to Ohio State's Moritz College of Law. Uh, But I've actually been working in the sport industry for about a little over five years now. So I started with the Ozone when I was a senior in high school as a beat writer uh, covering Ohio State football and basketball. And I have been with them ever since. And then from there, I really just kind of began growing. Like I joined the Big Ten Network doing sideline reporting and I've just kind of added added some jobs throughout the year. So I'm also the sports specialist on the catch-up show with DJ IQ on 106.7 The Beat. And then I co-host another radio show with OB Stillwell called Real Estate Stocks and Jocks on 98.9. And then I was also a sideline reporter for GBSN covering high school. And then I do some reporting with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so I kind of like to get my hands in a lot of different things, but really all sports, to be honest. Oh, my gosh. Wow. When do you breathe? <laughs> Yeah, I really don't. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but I really, that's how I, you know, I enjoy it. So I always tell people like I really don't feel like I work. So like when I'm, you know, in the grind and I'm going from football to basketball and then to class, it's like I really love what I do. So it's hard to hard to, you know, get worn down when you enjoy every part of it. Yeah. So totally congratulations agree. on going to law school. That is incredible. Thank you. What are your you. career goals once you graduate? Yeah, it was actually yeah. So that's the thing. I actually don't have like this set, you know, idea of what I want it to look like, but just the application process, I'm not going to lie, was crazy. I was actually taking the LSAT during football season. It was actually on game day Saturday. So I had to work the game later that day. But again, I'm so happy to be, you know, staying at Ohio State and headed to their college of law because it's really something that I've always wanted to do. And in the future, I know that I want to be an attorney and practice law. But I'd love to continue reporting, too, because uh, I love sports. And that's really why I got into this, why I fell in love with being a sports reporter and journalist, uh, because of the sports aspect of it. But again, law is another passion of mine. And if there's any way I can overlap sports and law in the future, that would be ideal. But, you know, my whole journey has just kind of been taking advantage of opportunities that were presented to me and not being afraid to try something. So, you know, when I first started in writing, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do TV or radio or anything like that. But you know, now I do all three. So I feel like law school kind of be the same thing for me. I, you know, I don't know if I have an exact uh, dream job in mind, but kind of just whatever, wherever life takes me, whatever my work leads me towards. But the plan right now is to try and continue down both paths. That's amazing. And I love the idea of being able to continue to do something that you love, whether it's on the side or whether it's, you know, as your main job. Um, And we have had Tia on our show who have been able to merge sports and law 
in their lives. So that's a really exciting prospect for you. Regardless, yeah. you are you're killing it right now. Um, especially with your coverage you. of yeah, of course. We love your coverage of the Ohio State men's basketball team. So speaking of which, what is going on with them right now? <laughs> well, that's kind of everyone's question right now, I think. But I mean, look, it's a long season and this team has a lot of potential. So, you know, it is really weird to sit here and say that Ohio State went from beating the blue bloods of college basketball and, you know, final four bound team to now a team that's one and three in conference play, riding a three game losing streak. But it's not that all their hopes and dreams are out the door. Like, right, this is college basketball. It's only January. And, you know, I hear a lot of people saying this team was overrated, all that. Um, but that's really just kind of the danger of those rankings in November and December. And, you know, those being created without even having played in a conference game yet. Because uh, I remember even when they were winning by, like, 20-plus points earlier on in the season, uh, Coach Holtman was still pointing out the flaws with this team and was talking about things like turnovers, stretches of poor shooting, uh, stretches of poor defensive efforts, really everything that's kind of affecting them right now. So he knew that those earlier games were kind of providing a maybe a false sense of reality. And you know, I hate to say that because it's not like those wins don't count or don't matter because they do. And it's definitely something to be proud of and having that tough non-conference schedule will pay off. But I honestly just think conference play is a whole nother level. So when you have a really young team, it's hard to understand the physicality of the Big Ten and, you know, understand what it takes to win in the Big Ten. And Holtman's team is young. It's going to take experiences, unfortunately, in those late game situations and understanding, you know, what it takes to win in the Big Ten, especially on the road. But I also have to point out injuries. You know, I hate to say this. I don't, you know, think it's an excuse, but it is just a part of the game. Andre Weston was beat up early on. Uh, Dwayne Washington Jr., Kyle Young, now C.J. Walker was sick against Maryland. So, you know, not only do you lose a lot of talent out there in the court, but also depth. And especially a guy like Kyle Young. It's kind of funny because people ask me, you know, does one player really make that much of a difference? And I'm like, well, when it's Kyle Young, yes, it does, because he's such a unique player. Really just a gritty, blue-collar guy, unselfish, great with offensive rebounds, and his presence on the court really makes a difference. So it's not that they can't find another guy to step into that role. It's just that they have to figure it out, and that takes time. But, you know, again, I go back to it being so early on in the season. I remember last season, actually, in January, they couldn't win a game. They just couldn't win a conference game. And they still had a great season. And this team has that potential as well. So, you know, I think it's too early to kind of give up on them and act like the whole season's out the door just because of a few games. I really just think they have to make adjustments, gain some experience in conference play, and, and they'll get their spark back. Yeah, I hope you're right. And I remember Coach Holtman saying, you find out <laughs> how good your team is in January. So, you know, he even said when we were yeah. doing good, yeah. like – he warned people, don't get your hopes up. You know, we still have a long season ahead of us. <laughs> right. And to your point about injuries, like yeah. the same was said when we lost to Minnesota. I think that was when Dwayne Washington Jr. sat out and everyone mm -hmm. attributed the loss to his absence. And now we're doing the same with Kyle Young. And while Kyle Young, I agree, mm -hmm. I mean, you got to have him. But if the team can't function without yeah. one player, then we're not going to make it far in March. Like, we still have a long season, and you never know what's going to happen. And I'd hate for, yeah. you know, I there's going to be another injury or sickness or something, and we just got to figure out 
how mm-hmm. we're going to function without, you know, a player or a coach or whatever. So, again, it's January. Exactly. I think it's yeah. too early to freak out. But Holtman was definitely – he's definitely got to get his guys to protect the three-point line better. He has to get them sh- to shoot from the three-point line better. He's got to get them back to where they started. Yeah. I mean, it kind of even looks like – I don't know. Maybe this is just me and I'm, I'm like, overdramatic always when it comes to sports. But I feel like they're – just not even enjoying themselves anymore. Like, Caleb Weston and DJ Carton were always, like, running down the court smiling and, you know, and now they just look kind of defeated. So at least they have a few days until their next game and when they face Indiana on Saturday to get it together and come back with more confidence, hopefully. Yeah, I totally agree. Side note, I couldn't believe when I heard that Kyle Young, what he was struggling with was appendicitis and he was literally throwing up before, you know, the last game that he played in and then ultimately did play and lead the led the team in rebounds, which is just bonkers. Yeah. But obviously hoping for a switch recovery for Young. But this team does have so much talent and a great head coach. Their future is bright. It's too early to panic. It is a 20-game Big Ten schedule. We've got a long way to go. And frankly, you would rather get hot come February and March than burn out now. So right. hopefully they can get it together in short order. But, you know, save their best for the end of the season. <laughs> but Definitely wanted to talk about Ohio State women's basketball as well, who also lost to Maryland 72 to 62 Monday. Caroline, the women's team is usually a little bit more dominant than the men's team, but this year they seem to be off to a slow start. So what are your thoughts in their future? And do you think that they'll ultimately be able to pull through this season? Yeah, I always enjoy covering uh, the Ohio State women's basketball team. They're just a fun group to be around, fun program to cover. Uh, But they're also a pretty new and young team. So I believe they have eight new players. Uh, Yeah, eight. Eight of the – that's a ton. A ton of new players. But they also just played a really tough non-conference schedule. And I think they did pretty well. Um, And I do think that will pay off for them in the long run. But, you know, as most coaches say, they just have to focus on getting better week by week. And that's honestly just how it is with young teams. It's step-by-step, game-by-game. And I think the biggest thing that I see right now with this team is consistency. And I think if you ask the girls, ask the coaches, they'd say the same thing. Because I actually talked to Coach McGuff about this earlier on in the season. But, you know, they've been really good defensively on the boards at times. They've been efficient on offense at times. And they've shown to be a really good team. And they've had really good stretches of play and, you know, really good basketball. I think the biggest thing is just putting that together for longer stretches of time and longer parts of the game. Uh, But again, it's another team with a lot of potential and I've seen them play some really, really good basketball. So I definitely think, you know, they can turn things around and win some pretty big games. that will be, you know, clutch for their season. So fun team to watch. That's for sure. You can catch the women's team again on Thursday night when they take on number 24, Michigan at 6 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Okay, so next up, we're going to chit chat about some not so fun stuff regarding disrespect for women in sports in the media. Did you really think we were going to skip that subject? But first, we got to take a quick ad break, so stay with us. All right, so in case you missed it, Kalia Ohai, who was formerly with the Houston Dashes, was recently traded to the Chicago Red Stars, which, for those of you who don't know, is arguably one of, if not the best team in the league. So it's a big deal. But anyway, the second coolest thing about Kalia is that she happens to be engaged to Houston, Texas, Texans defensive end J.J. Watt. 
And so when ABC 13 in Houston tweeted out the story about her trade, they tweeted the headline, Houston dash trade JJ Watts fiance to Chicago. Pause. (laughs) So JJ Watt quoted the tweet and said, this headline is trash. Kalia, which is her name, by the way, since you didn't even bother to mention it, is incredible entirely on her own merit and deserves to be treated as such. Be better than this. Safe to say that the tweet blew up. So Caroline and Tia, I don't know if you guys saw this and what your thoughts are on that whole situation. Yeah, well, I did see that. And, you know, I've actually seen this happen before. Unfortunately, this isn't, you know, the first case of this, but I actually have been thinking a lot about it. And, you know, from a journalistic view, I see why it happened. Um, And when I say I see why it happened, I'm not like condoning it or agreeing with it, um, agreeing with that decision. But I'm assuming that they did it because in that area, in that region, J.J. Watt's a big name, right? Like there is no denying that. So I feel like anytime you throw his name on something, your clicks are going to go through the roof. More people are interested. And I feel like we even have that here in Columbus. Um, so I'm sure that was the motive behind it, but like that points to the bigger issue, right? Like as a society, we don't value women. We don't value women in sports enough that their name on its own is a big deal. And it's sad, honestly, that they felt like her name on a headline wasn't good enough and wasn't good enough to get the attention that, that they wanted or that really deserved. Um, and it's unfortunate that this is how our society views women in sports and historically, this is how it's been. And it's hard to change that, but this idea of viewing even the most successful women in sports as less than men in sports is so problematic. And honestly, I mean, it's just disappointing that we still have this issue. Like it's 2020. I don't know. Like it's it's 2020. We have to do better. (laughs) We say it all the time. (laughs) Right. Right. But I'm like, that's like the best way to sum it up. Like it's 2020. And you know, I love that he stood up for her. And really express how problematic this is because we need influential people like him to like change his behavior and kind of change his mindset that people have. But I mean, honestly, like the only thing I can say is it's just crazy that it's 2020 and we're still doing this as a society. We still have this view and this this article and this headline is just reflecting that mentality that people have. I totally agree with you for a journalistic perspective, why they did it. And it still just blows my mind that they wouldn't put you know, J.J. Watt's fiance, comma, her name, comma, you know, like, to not even put her name. It's like, what? And especially right after a different news site was slammed for the same exact thing, same sports, even, when they called Julie Ertz, Zach Ertz's wife. And I think it was, it was like a Philadelphia site. And I think they were saying that she just won the World Cup. Um, I think you'd do the same if it were vice versa. But it's a cool fact, but it's not her whole story, you know. On a more positive conclusion, ABC 13 did reply to JJ apologizing and agreeing that she was, quote, deserve she, quote, deserves her own headlines and ultimately did change the headline of the actual story to include her full name. Um, but the tweet is still there if you want to read the replies. There are some good ones. On a more positive note, uh, Tia, to your point, when the Eagles did have that little incident, we saw the Eagles actually flip the trend on its head last year. And after the World Cup, they were talking about something with Zach Ertz. So they uh, tweeted out Julie Ertz's husband caught a pass. Oh, yeah, that was great. (laughs) I, I thought that was hilarious. But this topic brings us to a question that we always do like to ask our guests when we have on the show. And that's Carolyn. You know, we, Tia and I have been 
doing this podcast for about six months now. We've been writing about sports for a little while, but we're just curious if you've ever, what obstacles you have faced as a woman working in sports. Obviously you've spent a lot of time in press conferences. You spent a lot of time on the radio and writing. So just would love to hear your perspective. This is always an interesting question. Uh, You know, and when I talk to like youth programs and school classes, this is always a question that I get. It's like, what is it like being a woman in sports? And, you know, like I said, when I first started, I was a senior in high school, so 17 years old, and I knew I was mature enough. I knew I was ready, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of people looked at me and said, why is she here? What is she doing here? She doesn't belong here. And I kind of went in with that mentality, like I have to prove myself and prove my worth and really earn my respect. And I actually still feel like I have to do that a lot of the time, to be honest. I am the only woman beat writer on the beat. I am the youngest person, so I mean, I definitely feel like I have to constantly prove my worth. Probably something, you know, men don't have to worry about or deal with because there's still like this perspective and this idea that they're supposed to be there and women aren't, right? Like that's still unfortunately like an idea that a lot of people have. Um, but in all honesty, I have been so fortunate and so lucky that I like all the guys on the beat are great. They're so nice to me, inclusive. I really couldn't ask for a better group of people to work with. Like the athletes are amazing. The coaches are also respectful. Uh, don't treat me any different from all the men in the room. And I've even noticed now, uh, you know, when coaches, players come in, they say gentlemen and lady, you know what I mean? Like they <laughs> even like point me out. Right. And I'm like, that's so, you know, yeah. Um, and I really just been lucky. So you know, as far as like the ins and outs of my job, I, you know, I haven't really dealt with a lot of issues. Uh, and I think that's honestly because of the women that have come before me and, you know, what they've been able to do. But, you know, social media does open up a whole nother world. So, you know, I do hear comments from people like, wow, she knows a lot for a girl or oh, people, you know, say like, you really know football, you know, name so-and-so, you know, or name players on this team or positions. And I'm like, you know, whatever, it really doesn't <laughs> affect me. Like, it's unfortunate, right? Uh, For sure. But, you know, I never really have felt like I need someone, you know, outside of, you know, this industry's approval or validation really for what I do. So, you know, you need tough skin in this industry. And that's kind of just one reason, you know, one reason why. But, you know, I do see comments on social media or DMs, whatever. I normally don't engage with them, but sometimes I do see them. Um, I'm sure you guys, you know, understand this as well. People comment more on your looks or your outfits, whatever you wear. And I even remember this one time that I was doing a post-game interview with Coach Holtman and uh, like BTN, Ohio State on BTN tweeted out and someone commented like, she has to watch her eyes around those coaches or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know what that means, first of all. (laughs) But like, I'm literally interviewing him, like looking him in the eye when I'm speaking to him and listening. Like, what is so wrong with that? Is it because I'm a woman and I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know, that one stuck with me. And then there was also, oh, this one was good. Someone on Twitter didn't like that I wore Jordans with a dress this time. Like I was in the back of a video on the field and he told me that I looked like I wear a size 16 shoe, which like... (laughs) was definitely interesting like that's not the first thing I comment on like people's interviews right like when I see yeah and it's so funny because everyone who knows me I know knows I have like the world's smallest feet like I literally (laughs) wear kids Jordan but I'm just like thinking like this is really what he has to comment you know what I mean like this is what he has yeah like and was is that like an insult or a compliment like I'm so confused (laughs) 
Well, I think it was an insult because he went on to say something. I wish I had this tweet in front of me, but he went on to say something like, you look like my kids when like they put on my dress <laughs> shoes or whatever. And I'm like, that is so unfortunate. Like, that is so unfortunate. You have children. This is like the example that you're setting, right? Like, cyberbullying yeah. women on media. But whatever. Oh, um, my gosh. We're laughing at him now, so <laughs> take that. I know. That's the thing. It's like, I really, you know, I consider myself so lucky. And then sometimes I think about all these little things. And I'm like, there's so much of the talk about women in sports is still, like, so demeaning. Like, there's no need to comment, you know, more on my appearance or what I wear, you know, my behavior, whatever. Like, if you want to talk about my work, that's, you know, that's a different thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like all women in sports, you know, experience that because we just kind of have that target on us. And because, again, there's still that belief that we don't belong. But, again, as far as, you know, working in the industry with other beat writers and athletes, like, I, I've been really lucky uh, with my experiences. So, yeah, I feel like women reporters in general have it tough but especially oh my gosh the ones who are on camera I don't have thick skin so I am just like in all of you guys <laughs> there's a reason that we do a podcast and not yeah. a live video don't look at me <laughs> hey you guys should see me when I go to radio so okay. yeah totally different look oh my gosh it's but it's awful and like you said if you're gonna say anything comment on the work you know not the appearance, right. if you must. Yeah. But whether we have a crazy story about these obstacles or what, I think as women, we can all say collectively that we have experienced some less obvious things that we're literally used to and therefore like don't even know yeah. it happened until it's happened. Like when I tell a guy what I do, I almost always brace for the infamous quizzing which you just said, mm. you know, oh, who's the quarterback of so-and-so? Yeah. So, and I, I literally put up with that in the past, like, in high school and stuff. And now that I'm older, I think if – it hasn't happened to me in a while, but I think if it did, I would – I can't even say it on this podcast. Like, SB Nation would, would not allow me to say what I would say. <laughs> so, but yeah, okay. Meredith and I always like to exchange stories about that, and especially about men who, upon finding out what we do or seeing us wearing sports gear or whatever, will just, like, talk sports with us without mansplaining or the whole, you know, you know a lot for a girl disclaimer yeah. or whatever. So it's the little things, and it is that easy to be a decent human being. If we have any men listening, mm -hmm. remember <laughs> these tips. <laughs> Right. Okay, so before we end the show, I want to end it on a positive note. So at the end of each show, we do some shout outs um, just to people who have like positively impacted us this week or, you know, in recent history. Meredith, do you want to go first? Sure. So this one's a couple weeks old, but the wound is still stinging on my end. So I want to give a shout out to my friend Elaine. Um, she is my very best friend, my maid of honor in our wedding, but she is a Clemson graduate and Clemson fan. Oh, no. um, so I want to give her a shout out for not rubbing it in too hard after our unfortunate loss. Oh, that's nice. In of December. Her. So <laughs> thanks, Elaine. <laughs> Caroline, do you, Caroline do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, so I'll just give a shout out to my family and close friends. So 
I don't know if I mentioned this earlier or not, but this whole law school thing, I actually kind of did like in private. So only my family knew uh, and the few close friends who kind of understood why I was so busy and you know studying for the LSAT and all that. But really, I did a lot of it in private. Um, so I have to give a huge shout out to them for not only keeping that secret, you know, because this is so new to me, uh, you know, doing this in addition to my schoolwork and, you know, full a full sports season. Uh, so I have to give a huge shout out to them just for being there throughout the whole process. And I actually just, you know, announced this, uh, like a week or so ago. So it's all still pretty fresh, but, um, they supported me through a crazy, crazy year, crazy fall. Uh, so huge shout out to them. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, oh gosh, this, I feel like they're always wedding related, but I have to give a shout out to, my caterers because I, I met with them today and they're literally serving as a wedding planner like they're like we'll call your dj we'll call your photographer we'll get the timeline set up like we'll do this we'll do that and literally their only job is to like supply my food so i don't know why they're going out of their way but they are right. <laughs> and it's taking a load on my shoulders so thing. shout out to them yeah yay thanks caterer <laughs> awesome <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. We'll leave you with that and end our show there. Caroline, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. It's been so fun. Absolutely. Thank you again so much for having me. You guys are awesome. This is a blast, honestly. <laughs> you can follow Caroline on Twitter at CarolineRice19. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tia Williams. That's Tia with three A's. Meredith at Meredith Hine and the site at LandGrant33. We'll be back next Thursday and every Thursday after that with new shows. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks.